Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of the revamped, completely different, brand spanking new, totally unbothered by Tyra Vera. Everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a botherina. Some people asked me if I were wor- was worried because uh, Jamel Hill from ESPN, or formerly of ESPN, had started her own podcast called Unbothered, and I really wasn't worried about that. And that's not the reason I'm calling it totally unbothered. It's still going to be unbothered by Ty Rivera. But I saw a flaw in my ways, and I always told you guys, when, the, when I get new information, then I act like I have new information. And... I got some new information about myself during my time off, and I didn't like the way I was doing things towards the end of my solo version of my podcast, and so I'm going to be a bit more mindful. It doesn't mean less fun. It doesn't mean the language isn't going to be colorful, but sometimes when you notice you're on the wrong wrong track, I think it's better to correct yourself than to be like, well, I've been on the wrong track this long. Might as well just stay on the wrong track. Like... That's the way I feel about it. So some people may decide that they drop off because, well, I don't know who's going to think it's not as fun because it's, here's the deal. A lot has happened since the last time I've done a solo Unbothered. I was engaged and then uh, that was one of the reasons that I slowed down on doing Unbothered too was because my ex... He was more private than I was and I began to realize that... People have no lives, and they were it would get mad at me, and then they tried to figure out who he was so that they could give him a hard time. And I'd warned him that that could happen, but I guess I hadn't realized exactly the way that goes down. And the fact that it's like we had an argument on Facebook, and your and I don't mean me and my ex. I mean the person, people that do this kind of stuff. And now you want to somehow affect my person that I'm with, their life? I mean, like, how does that make any sense at all? They don't have anything to do with, like, it's not like I used to tell my ex all the stuff I was saying on social media or keep him updated, like, oh, today on Facebook, there was this, this, and this. I mean, like, you know, a lot of times he didn't even know what was going on. So all of a sudden, he's going to deal with a potential consequence or somebody trying to find his parents. And like, you know, I had talked about his parents a little bit and like given some clues as to what they do and where, like even said, but like to me, because that's so far out of the realm of possibility that someone would be that like upset about something that it was just, so there was that. And then there was also the fact that, you know, I realized that in a certain way, I am putting his life out there when I do talk about him. Because to me, a lot of people say, you're so unfiltered on your podcast. You're so unfiltered when we hear you talk to other people on podcast. And it's like, yeah, because I forget that I'm recording sometimes. I really do just lay down. I'm comfortable in my place, which is um, right now we're at the ground level of the Bijou Loft is where we are. It was going to be my ex's castle. It was going to be his name and then castle. Uh, but, and it, it would have sounded nice, but we didn't end up lasting. And I, 
It's so weird because, like, if you follow me on social media, like Facebook and stuff like that, you know that stuff got broken and a lot of people were using the term domestic violence. And in the most technical sense, it really was. But at the same time, there was a reason the things that got broken got broken. And I'm not victim blaming myself or I'm just like, you got to take responsibility for where you fucked up or you're not going to get better. Like, that's just what's going to happen. You're going to stay in the same pattern and the same cycle. And why do people react to me this way? Why does this just happen to me? And it's like, no, it didn't just happen to you. There was a way that it all went down. And to tell you the truth, when I met Christopher, we both loved each other very, very much. And I can honestly say that I have never loved anybody the way that I loved him when I first met him. And that the feelings from when I first met him carried through and the same with same vice versa. I, he, I know he loved me and I know how much he loved me at the beginning. And over time, you know, our relationship, it deteriorated and it was in a big part my fault, even if, it was, again, outside side stuff that was happening, you know. It was uh, having to do with work. It was having to do with the, the other comics. It was having to do with uh, just a lot of things for me in the beginning where I kind of got sidetracked. And he's young and cute and still naive and not... And I don't mean that in a bad way or condescending way at all. Just kind of the world can be all right in his eyes sometimes. And I used to, like, you know, one time he sang that song, uh, You Are My Sunshine to Me. But really, like, in my head, and I know that song gets dark at the end if a couple of friends told me, but, like, in my head, he really was my sunshine. And I started calling him that because it was like being next to sunshine. Like he would, he would try as hard as he could to make me happy. But I was just going through such a depressing time myself. And, and like, I, it was weird because I came out of it in December and like, you know, or no, December I was going through it. And then, or, or yeah, December before I met him, not D December, 2017. Um, I went through a, a real depression and then I felt better and then I ended up meeting him on February 4th is the day we met. It was Super Bowl Sunday and I d didn't, we didn't fall in love right away. Uh, like the way we met is very unconventional, un unconventional uh, and is, but it's very me at the same time. So I never said this before because I didn't want people to like take the wrong idea from our relationship. But I actually met Christopher while I was cruising. Like uh, it was February 4th. It was Super Bowl Sunday. We always tell people we met at a Super Bowl party, which isn't obviously exactly true. What happened was what ha happened was. I was partying with my sister and her, and not partying, I didn't drink or anything like that, but I was hanging out with my sister and others. And um, after after the Super Bowl was over, I, it was early enough that I was still like, okay, maybe I'll go hook up real quick. Because at that time, I was single, and um, I was cruising a bit and enjoying my being single 
But like I said, certain things weren't going the best. Uh, just with, I was living in a city that was like not what I thought it was going to be. You know, when I moved home to Phoenix, and this is really nothing against anybody. Different vibes work for different people, and that's another thing I've I've realized about my Phoenix situation. It's not that the comedy scene is bad there. It's not that the comics aren't nice people. There's plenty of nice people that I met there, but it was just not for me. And so everything was telling me that. And I guess that's depression is like what they would say growing pain. So, you know, I needed to go through that to push me to the next spot. But, uh, so I have a gap right there where it is like life is going all right for me. I had moved out of that apartment where the tweakers were. I was staying with my best friend, Jamel. I was like a week into staying with him. And, you know, I was renting a room from him. It wasn't like I was just staying freeloading or anything like that. I full on rented room from him and it was a great situation. Uh, that is one person that has always been my friend and had my back. And so I felt very comfortable there, very at home there. And he always made sure that I, you know, like at Jamel's house, I knew everything was good. And so, um, so I'm living like this at this point. So there's a little gap where things are good. And then I was, I go to this bookstore uh, it's an adult bookstore and as I'm walking into the adult bookstore, Christopher is, well, I should say my ex, but you know, it just, his name is his name. So whatever, maybe I'll delete it out. Maybe I'll fucking leave. I don't know. But anyway, and in no way are you going to get a story from me where it's like, oh, I end up blasting him and talking shit about him. Because I really didn't even feel like that about him the night that all this was going down. Like the worst night that we had together, I really didn't feel like I hated him. I felt like I didn't like, the, I knew I didn't like the way he was handling the situation. But at the same time, I I wasn't mad. It was just like, what is happening right now? How is this my life? But let's not get ahead of ourselves. So I'm getting ready to, I'm walking into the adult bookstore. Uh, my ex is walking out of the adult bookstore, like the arcade area, which is where you do the hooking up, the cruising, whatever. And so as soon as I walked in, he busted a fucking Yui and went back into the booth me knowing that he like you know anyway so i then at that point uh i was walking straight past the booths you know the arcade so that i could go to the um to the bathroom so that i could wash my dick in the sink because i had been out all day and i'm a gentleman like that <laughs> And, you know, I was thinking to wash my dick in the sink at my sister's house. That's just disrespectful. But at a fucking dirty fuck house, yeah, I'll wash my dick in the fucking sink. And that's what I was on my way to do. Wash my dick in the sink. And guess what? I washed my dick in the sink. So then I come out. And, again, he's getting ready to leave the arcade area. Sees me. Bust a fucking Yui. And the thing was, the first time I saw him, I knew his fuck, I, his He had a beautiful fucking face. And I wouldn't take that part back at all especially to tell the story the right way because you really have to understand that like when I saw him immediately I was just like this guy 
is my type, and he's cute, and I can tell that he just busted two Yui's to be back where he thought I was going to be, so he's fucking down for it, right? So then I go, like, walking, following him, basically, but not too close, because you don't want to seem like a creep, right, or too thirsty, and so he ducks into one of the booths, and of course, you know, I'm meant to follow him in, and of course, I'm fucking following him in. I know I don't have to look at anything else. I don't know. I know I don't have to walk through any other booths or see anything else. I already got what I want right here. And he was wearing an orange shirt, which made me think he worked at the city, you know, so benefits, just playing. Because uh, believe me, I wasn't thinking about dating him. I was just thinking, this is somebody hot that I want to fuck around with. That's what I was fucking thinking in that very moment. Which some people would say that's a terrible way to start a relationship. But for me, that's the best way to start a relationship. Because I just, if I just on an animal level want to fuck you, that's a great place for me to start with anybody. You know, and I knew he felt the same about me, but I wasn't, like I said, wasn't thinking about a relationship at that point, was just thinking that's what I want to hook up with. And so we ended up hooking up and it was very fun. It was, it was great. It was exactly what I needed it to be. And I'll be a gentleman in this way and not go into too many details, but it was fucking great. And I, but you know, because like a lot of these bookstore people, you don't want to kiss them, right? And it's not like horror thinking, like, you know, oh, never kiss a trick. It's just like, ugh, I don't want to think about kissing you, and which is weird because you'll do other stuff, but you know. So I, the whole time, wanted to kiss him, but I wasn't going to do anything that ridiculous, you know? I just wouldn't step out of myself like that, even though I kept thinking, I want to fucking kiss this guy. I could also tell that he would have kissed, like we would have fucking kissed for real. Um, which it's good that we didn't at that time because it would have formed even faster than it did. So we fucked around and then I'm, we're both straightening up and getting ready to leave. And then I was like, what's your name? He told me his name. Uh, and then we talked for a second, just a quick second. And he had the cutest smile, and we were just having regular conversation in this really unusual circumstance, obviously, you know, to be starting a relationship. Because you fuck around with somebody, then you just go your separate ways. A lot of times you don't even exchange names or anything like that. Um, which later he judged me for and called me a whore and all sorts of stuff like that. But, like, he was mad, and, like, at the same time, it's like... We were both in that fucking, but like that's, and like I said, I'm not saying anything bad, but at the same time, it does pop in my head that that's where we met and that's what he called me. And it's like, wait, how are you better than me? We were both in that fucking dirty bookstore fucking around together. Um, but yeah, so that happened. And then I got his number and gave him mine. And then almost immediately after I just sent him a text that was like, hey, good meeting you. So then uh, a couple days pass and I hit him up and I was just like, you know, I, he, I asked him what he was doing. He said he was working. He asked me what I was doing. I said, cleaning my room, something, 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 because I was trying to shift the conversation from sex to like, I want to get to know this guy, you know, like. I knew I wanted to get to know him. And at the time he had a bit more weight than he had right now, has right now, um, you know, and he wasn't. 
he wasn't fat, but there he did have a bit more weight than he had right now, which was also weird for me because I was like, he's not my usual type, like in the physical sense, but he's just so to me beautiful, and I think kind of to a lot of people beautiful technically, but uh, but you know, like he was he weighed a bit more than he weighs right now, but I was. So it was weird for me because, like, you know, my grinder profile back in the day used to say you can chop your head off and send it home to your mother. I'm all about bodies. So, like, for me to be attracted to a bigger guy was, like, weird for me. Or, you know, not weird, but just not my regular. So, but I was just, you know, I knew I wanted to see him again. So he he completely, when I try to change the conversation to just hanging out, you know, cleaning my room, whatever, he completely doesn't respond. <laughs> I didn't know at the time he hates fucking small talk. So whatever. Uh, but then I was like, all right, so if that, if that route is going to work, like I don't get to just get to know him, then let's just see if I could get that dick again. And I'm using this as an expression. He didn't fuck me and I didn't fuck him the first night. So anybody that thinks that's what happened, it didn't happen like that. Uh, we tasted each other's dicks before we knew each other's names. I'll tell you that much. And I'm not trying to be shitty right now, but it's just true. Uh, you know, so again, when it goes to the horror thing, it's like, yeah, we both... We're in that same situation. Technically, you tasted mine first, uh, which, like, no, whatever, but it's just what it is, you know? But let's move ahead. So um, I wanted to hook up with him again. So we hook up again, and this is probably, like, a couple days, maybe a week later, maybe February 10th or something like that, you know, something like that. And so then we continue to chat and stuff and, you know, but he doesn't know anything about me. I don't know anything about him. I don't know where he works. I don't know. He doesn't know me, nothing. We don't know anything about each other. So we're just, it's just all on a sexual level. But, you know, when we fuck around, we hang out afterwards and talk and I'm like, well, maybe he's just comfortable with everybody, you know, like that's what I'm thinking. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean like, you know, some people will hang out and chat and whatever else. And they're just very personable that way. So I was like, maybe this is just the way he is. And we uh, end up hanging out a couple, well, no, we don't hang out again for a couple days because February 14th was a day because the time before that we hooked up, I wanted to watch Terms of Endearment, which is the gayest movie ever, but I had never seen it before. And it was on Amazon Prime. And I just asked him after we hooked up, I was like, do you want to hang out and watch a movie with me? And like we watched the movie together and we talked and we hung out. And then I made it a point to make him leave because I didn't want to set it up where we're spending the night together and then we're going faster than I wanted to go. You know, I, I liked the, for me, you know, cause like I'm the kind of person that I either like somebody or I don't. And I usually know right away if I like them or I don't. And then like, you know, when it comes to after, you know, a certain amount of time, which is usually pretty quick, if we spend the night and stuff like that, I get like, okay, I like everything about what's happening right here. And so, um, cause so many people, I don't want to spend any time with them. Like, I and I don't completely deny the whore uh, moniker or, the, you know, I'm not a whore at this point. I'm more of what you would call slutty, I would say, because, you know, there, there was the guy that gave me money 
that well, we'll talk about that another time, or maybe I talked about that on another episode. It wasn't a secret. Um, and yeah, I definitely have lived that life when I was younger, so it's not completely invalid, but to this situation is completely invalid in the way that I am more just slutty. Like I'll fuck around with people and I feel like sex is for like eating food or getting gas in your car or any other necessity, you know, like that's the way I honestly feel about sex in most cases. I just feel like it's here for now. You have a good time with this person. Like when I said I thought that my ex was a city worker, like that's what I kind of like sometimes is just I can project anything I want onto this person that I know nothing about. The only thing I know about this person, and I don't mean my ex right here, I mean anybody that I'm in this situation with, I don't know anything about them. So I can project anything I want onto them, you know, like if they're Mexican and have a particularly uh, old school kind of cholo type look, I can be in my head like, this is a fucking gangster, this is a fucking cholo, but really, who knows, he could be a flaming queen that just happens to dress like a cholo, but I don't have to know him, we don't have to talk to each other, so the same with people and me, and I know different people have to think different things about me, people put all sorts of sexy ideas in their head together about what I am or what I might be, because I I completely don't say anything in a lot of cases. You know, we just talk. I mean, we just fuck around. It's all done by looks. Like, you know, you just fucking raise your eyebrows or like, you know, give them the what's up head nod. And that's bam. That's the way that it happens a lot of times. And I'm not saying every gay man lives this way. This is just the way that I do it when I'm single. Because like I said, to me, sex is also just like getting gas, getting groceries, just the stuff you have to do. Everyone once in a while, you gotta fuck. That's what it is. So, um, and I, like I said, don't like a lot of people. So, anyway, so I already know that I don't want him to spend the night because I don't want things to progress too fast. And I'm beginning to feel like, yeah, he's not just being personable right now. This is really for me. Like, he really does, you know, we're, we're getting along. And so, February 14th rolls around. And guess what? This bitch doesn't have a valentine. But I know who I want my valentine to be. 100% I know who I want my valentine to be. So I hit him up, I think, that day or maybe it was the day before. I can't remember because the text messages all got deleted. But um, I, I hit him up. And was like, let's hang out, you know, tomorrow night. And I didn't say Valentine's. I didn't try to make it like a date or anything like that. Um, but, you know, I wanted to hang out with him on Valentine's Day. So he comes over on Valentine's Day and, um, you know, that evening. And he's like, uh, so why don't you have a Valentine? And then in my head, I was just like, what do you think you're doing here, silly? You are my fucking Valentine, which is a part of why I called him my silly boyfriend for a lot of our relationship, because, you know, he knew why he was over. Like, we both knew at that point we were each other's Valentine, even if it started in an unconventional way. And... He had actually let me know after we had been together for a while that he had brought me Valentine's gift. He just left him in the car because he didn't want to seem like some sort of weirdo because he didn't know if I would take him seriously, like think, 
he was being a fucking weirdo because he had these uh, the pink uh, what's it called handcuffs and uh, like a couple Valentine's a Valentine's game where you like throw something a ball at something and then figure out what sexual act you got to do or whatever like that, which like I wouldn't have taken as weird at all, but just, I know, cause we both felt the same way. Cause I said it in my head. What do you think you're doing here, silly? But really like, you know, I just was like, mm, I don't know, just no Valentine or, you know, no, nobody worth it or something like that. I don't know. Uh, but you know, it was a very nice beginning. And that night, uh, I did ask him to spend the night with me. And at the time I didn't have a bed at Jamel's because I had gotten rid of the mattress that I had when I was at the other place. Cause I was like, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do about a bed, but I'm not fucking worried about that mattress. I don't want it to go with me. I'm not going to buy another frame for it. I knew that, you know, I didn't, I really had the plan of just sleeping on the floor and making myself rough it to get out of Jamel's house. Well, not even to get out of Jamel's house, just to, I didn't feel like a bed was necessary. I just really didn't. So we were sleeping because I thought it was just going to be me, me and Bijou, you know, and there was carpet on the floor. And I was like, yeah, I'm fine with this. I want to just not worry about any of the shit that I moved. Like I moved only the stuff that I had to move. And so, you know, it's just that kind of situation. And so he slept on the floor with me and he trigger warning because I got cuddle raped that night. I legit got cuddle raped and I really hate cuddling with people that I just fuck around with because I'm still in the middle right here, right? I'm still kind of like, yeah, I like this guy and he is my Valentine in that weird, neither of us have admitted it sort of way, but we both know it. And then at the same time, I don't know him enough to let him cuddle me and I'm not a huge cuddler anyway, but he was just insistent in the way that every time I would scoot over, he'd scoot back next to me and then cuddle me again and then scoot back next to me and cuddle me again. And finally my head's pressed up against this chair and he's asleep as this is happening. I keep trying to sneak away from him while we're sleeping together, you know, just like, I'm going to go over here and I don't say anything. I just scoot myself slowly and then he scoots right back over to me. And I was like, this fucking motherfucker and so then my head's pinned up against this chair that I have it's this barrel chair if you've ever been to my place you've seen it I love my barrel chair but my fucking head is right against the side of that and I'm like <sighs> in my head I'm just like I guess I'm just gonna have to let this guy fucking cuddle me and I hated it for about 30 45 minutes I fucking hated it and my head was my neck was cricked to the side and then at some point, I was just like, well, this is just what he's doing, and you did ask him to spend the night. So I just sunk into him and really loved him cuddling me at that point. <laughs> and I hated him for forcing me to do it, but we were cuddling, cuddling. And, uh, or he was really cuddling me, like holding me like a teddy bear or a pillow or something like that. And um, then his brother called early in the morning because something went wrong with his brother's car and he had to leave me. And I was just like, this motherfucker just got me into cuddling. Now he's not here to fucking cuddle me. But I wasn't mad and I wasn't tripping and it wasn't anything bad. It was only the sweetest feelings at that point. Like just 100% like that was, 
that was nice. And, you know, like we kissed a lot before he had to leave and I walked him out and, you know, things stayed like that for a while there. You know, like we started off kind of slow, but like, you know, I invited him over for breakfast one day and I just, I knew that I was going to fall in love with him if I wasn't already in love just kind of from the beginning, you know? And, um, and I knew he felt the same way. Like it was just like, you know, the way he would get home from work. Cause you know, after a while, then I just started being like, well, why don't you just hang out with me? You know, like you're here and you're not trying to go anywhere and I'm not trying to have you go anywhere. So you might as well just, you know, I cleared out a drawer for him and like, you know, and it like he would get home from work and he would literally pick me up and, you know, not to be too gay with you guys, but I would wrap my legs around him and then we'd just kiss for a while. And that was all the time every day. And we were just like kissing in every corner of Jamel's house, you know, and I mean that in an adult way, but like, you know, if we're grilling or something like that and we're all, because Jamel had just got with his guy and, you know, Zach, uh, well, I shouldn't say anybody's business, but um, Jamel had just gotten with his guy. And so I, you know, we were having a good little life in that house, you know, all of us. And it was, it was great and it was nice. And, um, yeah, and then I, at a point, that's when I started having problems with, you know, like certain comics on the road and then people talking about me that I had really thought were my friends. And I just really began to feel betrayed by Phoenix as a city. And I also started to feel like, you know, after a couple months of me and my ex being together, um, we got together in February, like I said, like March, closer to March, like officially, even though we always kept our anniversary date as February 4th, because we both know that really that's when it started. Uh, even if we didn't admit it or it was, we didn't know it was starting. It did start February 4th. It started the moment we met each other. And so we always made it the fourth, you know, the, so, um, and I mean, in the months after, you know, when we would be like, oh, it's our one month anniversary. It's our two month anniversary. And, you know, things stayed cute like that for several months. And then I felt like we needed to get get our own place, you know, and I w was tired of living so far on the south side. And, you know, it was just time for us to get our own place. And then that's kind of where the stress really started for us. There was also, you know, a, a little bit of, you know, we just met at the wrong time. And sometimes you both really love each other. Like, really, really. Like, there's so many times we had where we were walking late at night together, you know, walking Bijou over near Jamel's house. And that that time was great for both of us, like, you know, that whole time. But then when we decided to move into our own place, that's where the stress kind of started. And, you know, I know the different lowlights and highlights of what we were doing and how that all went down. And I know what my part was because, like I said, at a point I started to get depressed. And then this is the best thing about my life. This person is the absolute best thing about my life. And then there was a situation where, you know, 
he misunderstood the way that something was meant that a friend had repeated while we were on speakerphone, but I didn't mean it at all the way that it had been conveyed or the way it sounded on the phone call. And the only reason that I won't go into the specifics of it is because it goes like kind of into his business and, you know, and it's not, it was something that I shouldn't have said, but I didn't think could ever come out taken the wrong way. You know, I didn't ever think that I, like, you know, one, I didn't ever expect him to hear that I had said that. And it was like when we had first, first met. And it was just, you know, I, and I didn't know how to recover from that. So there was that too. Like, and I know what that's like when you love someone and you think that they think you're perfect. And then you end up finding out that they don't think you're perfect. I once found that out through a person's own fucking mouth. Which, you know, but I didn't mean it that way. And I did think he was so fucking perfect in so many fucking ways. Like, I just, I loved him. And I loved the way he made me feel. And I hated that, that, like, he had heard that. And it was just, that part was a huge blow for our relationship. And then um, another blow that happened from his side to me was on his birthday... You know, he ended up drinking a bit more than I like people to drink. And that's when I first saw like the because I'm a person that'll let you get down and I don't drink very much, if ever, anymore. So it's like I'll drive you. I'll, you know, make sure you're good. Like, you know, and I'm not going to put the brakes on you. But when you get drunk enough and there was nothing happening in our lives where we weren't getting along or anything like that. It wasn't like I was the source of the drinking at that point. You know, um, it really was just like he got too drunk, but it was his birthday. And so I was understanding of it, but I was just like, hey, I don't ever want you to get that drunk, you know, with me again. Like that can't be a habit because it was it was bad. You know, it was bad, bad. And I was worried and I didn't know how I was going to we had to get down three flights of stairs. Thankfully, his brother was there to do it. And his brother's, you know, as big as he was. But, like, for me to try to be holding him up, like, he's much bigger than me. And at that time, like I said, had a bit more weight. So he's taller and weighs more. And I've got to get him down three flights, three floors of concrete stairs, which, you know, it's the the nice apartment. So it's like each floor is two sets of stairs and they're cement. And I'm just like... Yeah, I could really end up fucking him up by accident, and I don't like being in this position right now. I thought it was just gonna—he was gonna celebrate his birthday, but at the same time, I'm remembering it's his birthday, so I'm trying not to come down on him too hard the next day. Cause that night, I just—you know—I got him home. I had a bag for him in case he got sick in the car. He didn't end up getting sick in the car. He had gotten sick earlier. And I just, like, you know, he ended up passing out in the bathroom. And I was cool about all of it, but just the next day I wanted to be clear, like, that's not what I want to be around, you know? And he's, like, 27 or 28. And so, it like, you know, I always forget years. Um, he's 28 now. Um, at the time he was, yeah, had just turned 28. And so it was just like, you know, I was keeping that in mind too. But... He said it wasn't his thing. He doesn't usually drink that way, whatever, whatever. So we move on. Then we're in our own place now. And like I said, that had been stressful. And I'm going through that other shit that I was telling you about, just feeling like everything's coming down on me and I'm fucking suicidal and 
blah, 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 blah. And then we end up getting to me working in Vegas, which I think was October sometime. And I, I come here just to work for a week, LA Comedy Club in the stratosphere, Monday through Sunday. Not a dark day in sight, ladies and gentlemen. Eight o'clock shows, six o'clock shows, James Michael, the redneck magician. Uh, eight o'clock show is a different touring headliner, nationally touring headliner every week. And then the 10 o'clock show is sometimes uh, Marsha Warfield and it's sometimes Butch Bradley. I believe Marsha is, don't get me to lying, because I think it's like Tuesday to, or maybe Monday to Wednesday. And then Butch is Thursday to Saturday. I think I could be wrong and I'm no disrespect to anybody. I just don't remember which way or which days. And But anyway, so LA Comedy Club is where I was working that week. I was headlining and um and i like i said i was going through that terrible depression and chris doran was just happened to be working here with edwin san juan that's when me and jill kimmel were here and i recorded that episode with her i was actually going through a really hard time that time and i hadn't opened up to my ex about it and i realized in hindsight that that's a place that i really messed up because now you know i'm going through this depression it had been going on for a while now and i'm going through this depression and rather than just admit it to him i am trying to cover it up and thinking that i can just shake it on my own and that i don't need to share with him which like we were together so much and because of the way that we were always kissing hugging cuz we were always holding hands like we're on each other so if something's off with somebody's energy and you're that close to them he could tell something's going wrong with me just like I could tell when something was going wrong with him in a lot of cases but you know I wanted to handle that on my own and didn't want to open up to him and didn't want to share with him and so now he's just dealing with the effects of crazy but not understanding the actual cause or I ha I'm not opening up to him about the cause it's not his job to understand or to just come up with it on his own that's where you need to open up to your person so I definitely know that I dropped the ball in that situation but then while I was here in Vegas, me and Chris Doran were talking and Chris was just like, this scene is fucking great. He was like, I would love to live here. And I was like, yeah, I would love to live here. And then I was like, well, why don't I live here? And then I remembered Christopher had said, my ex had said that, uh, he, that one city that he loves is Las Vegas. So I was like, so he should be down to come to Las Vegas. And immediately right then in my head, I made that decision. There were a lot of preparations that had to happen, a lot of things that had to go into making this happen. And I didn't know exactly how I was going to do it, but it felt so right to me. And the way that everything played out, even though we didn't end up staying together and stuff like that, I don't feel like any of the part moving forward is an actual mistake. I feel honestly like a lot of that is God's plan. And so Sometimes you can really love somebody and they can really love you, but God can say it's not the right time. And that's really why I don't hold any hard feelings. Like there's things I don't like, like I said, but I really don't hold any hard feelings towards my ex because I feel like we were very important to each other for a short while. And he may have felt like I wasn't as invested as I was, but we were both 
expressing love and support in different ways. And I told him that there was a point where I felt like we should have read the five love languages or whatever that book is called, because I realized that we were living on different wavelengths. Like he thought he was doing for me and I thought I was doing for him, but really we weren't meeting each other's needs. And eventually when that happens, People are going to be very unhappy after a while. One person might end up exploding. Like, you know, these things can happen. And so when, you know, like at first I was like not mad at him. I was mad at the situation and the way that the cops handled everything, you know, because when we had our situation and shit went down um, and I had to call the police, it wasn't about me wanting to call the police. It wasn't about me just wanting him to be gone. Like, he had gotten angrier than I need anybody to get. Like, when I, like, you know, when you're breaking stuff that, you know, one is a part of our home and two, you didn't pay for, then I do get like, yeah, I just need you to go and I'm not going to fight with you. I'm not fighting the person I love and I'm not fighting in my own home. When I was younger, I went through that and I had terrible dysfunctional relationships when I was younger. And, you know, the first one got me on a bad spiral. And then there were ones after where I was the fucking problem. And it really was just, I got a bad idea of what relationships were from the beginning. And I've since grown from that. I've learned to be not be as reactive and I can't be around anybody. And at his age, you know, 28, 27, like that's, if that's the way you want to live, that's fine. You're in your twenties. You have at that, but I can't do that. I have Bijou and I'm, like I said, I didn't feel like moving to Las Vegas was a mistake on any level. Life is progressing for me here the way that I feel like it needs to progress. And not everything's a hundred percent where I want it to be or whatever like that, but I can tell you that I'm very happy happy right now. And I can tell you, I like the relationships I have in Las Vegas before the breakup, since the breakup, during the breakup. Like I just, I like the people I'm surrounded by, you know, people have been very good to me just tonight. I came back from hanging out with friends that like, you know, and it's not like there's a thing to watch out for right now with me or like, but it's nice to have friends and have them be like, hey, what are you up to tonight? And you're just like, you know, yeah, we're comics, you know, comic family. But at the same time, we're, you know, friends and we can hang out doing stuff other than just at the comedy club. And so, um, but, you know, like it's been like that since I got here. And that's why I was just hoping that my ex could hold on because I know he had been through the rough part. But the way I felt was, yeah, you went through the rough part. Now stick around and actually let's work this out. Let's work this land, till this soil to get where we need to be so that we can like enjoy whatever this turns into, because I know it's going to turn into something good. I knew it was going to turn into something good for us if we were just able to do it. But there were certain things that he didn't like as far as the way that I have to live my life because he's much younger and he does have time to waste and he can make some mistakes and, you know, be all right. And I fully do recognize that. But the flip side of that, if you're going to date somebody that's significantly older than you, and I do use the word significantly, when you're going to date somebody that's significantly older than you, you have to accept 
that they're going to have a different timeline that they're working on too. So while I can give you certain things, you know, like you asked me to hang out for Christmas with you and your family, I can give you that. But really that's going to be in place of a lot of me being gone on the other side. Like there were times when I was gone for 10 days on the road, there was 12 days on the road, there was China, uh, you know, like, or Asia, because it was six shows in China, one in Mongolia, first ever LGBT. TQ comedian to perform in or openly gay uh, comedian. They were very clear with me in that wording. Oh, first ever openly gay comedian to perform in Mongolia. That became your boy right here. But um, yeah, so there's a lot of the lonely part and I get it. But, you know, it was like some of the anger was completely misplaced because there were points where when he was mad at me, he was making it seem like I was possessive and didn't want him to go anywhere and didn't want him to have friends. But it's like I was in China on St. Patrick's Day and I asked him, I instructed him even, I was like, go out for St. Patrick's Day, do something. I don't care what you do, just do something. Go to Fremont Street Experience, you go to Strip, I don't know, but go, you know, enjoy fucking St. Patrick's Day. And then, you know, like, I know he felt like he didn't have friends here or his same support system because, you know, his family and stuff like that is all in Phoenix. And so I was like, you know, why don't you hang out with some of your friends from work? And he was very clear about there needing to be a distinction between, you know, him being at work and him being friends with people. So he didn't want to do that. And it was just like, well, I'm trying to offer you options and saying, like, there was a night that, you know, some of my friends went to go see Absinthe and I knew he was going to be around, you know, I was out of town. And so I hooked him up with my friends and was like, you know, why don't you go watch Absinthe with them? And so, you know, when that's the kind of person I am, it's not like I'm trying to force you to be completely like me. And when I'm at work, you don't get to have a life. But, you know, it, like I am going to have to be gone that's just what it is. And it was expensive for us to get here and the stars aligned and, you know, also family members pitched in, including like, you know, he doesn't even know this. There was a point where he thought like, I didn't like his mom or something like that. And I was like, your parents have been good to us. Um, there was a point where his mom put money in my hand when we were leaving, when we were leaving our place, because we were packing up our place and she came by to say bye. And we were packing up our place and he went outside to talk to his dad and his mom just like put some money in my hand and is like, uh, you know, she was like, there's some money for gas. Uh, and it was a lot more than just gas money, but you know, and that was like unsolicited. And she was like, she was like, don't tell him that I gave it to you. Just take it and put it in your pocket. Don't try to give it back to me. And when somebody gives me money and tells me to keep my mouth shut, that's usually what I do. I just want, you know, everybody to know that like there wasn't a situation where it was like, you know, I didn't like his family or that it wasn't like I didn't feel like they, you know, ha I had their blessing or that they weren't cool in that way. Like, you know, his sister, we didn't end up getting along, but that was also a huge blow to our relationship because when me and his sister didn't get along, see, because I never talked about him because we had problems, obviously. And there were a couple of times that he really snapped um, not like that where it was in a physical or, uh, you know, uh, breaking things kind of way. There was one other time he broke a glass, um, 
But that, like, for me, if it's just a fucking glass, like, yeah, that's annoying and whatever else. But at the same time, it's like, it's, you know, I'm not going to lie and say my mother never broke a dish. They weren't breaking stuff regularly in the house, but once in a while, a fucking dish would get broken. So a glass got broken. I didn't fucking trip. You know, it was a little bit more than I was expecting, but it's, it is what it is. Then there was a time he really cussed me out. And that was when we were like on our way to coming to Vegas. Well, right before we came to Vegas. And it really was to me like one of the situations where there had been a couple times where he had drank a little bit more than he should have drank, you know, and I don't say that in a judgmental way. I say it like, you know, there was one time where he lost his phone and it's like, yeah, you can't get drunk enough that you lose your phone. Like that's pretty drunk, you know, and I get down, like I said, but at the same time, I know not to lose my phone or get so out of it that I lose my phone. Plus, I worry about you, you know, I'm on the road and you're getting that fucked up. And I don't know if somebody's going to try to fucking do something with you or what. And that's not in a jealous, I think you're going to cheat on me way. Because really, at that time, I knew that motherfucker wasn't going anywhere. Just like I wasn't like really like... In that way, we were still so into each other and like, you know, we were still fucking and like that was a good part in that way. And so I was not like, you know, oh, he's going to cheat on me. It was just like, yeah, you got to fucking watch out because there's creeps out there and you're a good looking fucking guy. And while you're asleep, somebody could be fucking feeling on you or I don't know what the fuck they're doing. So you can't get that drunk. That's just what it is. And plus, I don't want anything to happen to you in an accident way either. I have a friend that walked out into traffic and he's never been the same since. He's fucked and he was a good looking guy he used to be a model when he was younger no exaggeration actual fucking model and just got so fucking drunk and fell onto mill avenue in tempe like you know he and as he was falling onto mill avenue there's a car coming in the opposite direction luckily the car wasn't going that fast but the car still fucking smashed him and yeah he's fucked so i also think about that kind of stuff when people are getting that drunk too so i'm just like yeah and it's just not you know it's not what it is and so like you know that but like when the phone happened I didn't make a big deal of it again I didn't make a big deal of it but I was like you know yeah we can't fucking have this happening like this plus you know now we're living together and we're you know we have bills and stuff like that and I'm thinking like you know we can't be wasting money like that getting another phone because then that puts us you know so I have to make up money somewhere or we have to make up money somewhere and it's just like let's not live like that so so then a couple things happened like that where I was like, you know, his drinking and then we're getting ready to move to Vegas. And I was like, yeah, I'm not really sure if you're ready for a move to Vegas. And I was just like, I was like, I don't want to take a drinking problem with me to Vegas. Because remember, I've told you guys before, I lived in Vegas when I was much younger. So I already know what the life is like here. And I know what it'll do to a person that's like likes to drink in excess this place will fucking wreck you and it's and it's not what i want to deal with because i'm coming here you know to make my life better to become a better comic to establish myself like i'm coming here for all of the right reasons you know like in our life we're trying to grow we're like you know he's already told me at a point because you know there was a point where i told him like I didn't think I was ever going to get married. I would just, you know, like to date him forever, you know, and I told him that, you know, and he was like, 
no, babe, uh, I'm not going to live like that. I want to be actually married. I want to be, you know, and like my thing was, well, all right. And like in my head, like, you know, if that's what this person wants and I do like, I don't have an, didn't have an intention of going anywhere. So I was like in my head when he said that, I was like, all right, well, then I just changed my thinking on that. And then one day we'll get married. And I didn't say anything to him like that. I just was like, okay, and just left it at that, you know. And um, but like in in that way, like I know he thought I was unbendable in certain ways, but he didn't realize the compromises I would make or the times that I wouldn't give him any resistance because it's just like if that's what you want. Like, you know, when it came to an engagement ring, there was a point where before we were, you know, I was even actually planning to or, you know, had a real idea of when I was going to propose to him when we were talking and I was like, you know, I don't really care about rings. I was like, uh, I, I, as far as I go, we could get each other some $20 fucking rings and just be like, when we fucking ball, we'll upgrade, you know, once we get to where we're going. And he was like, he was like, no, babe, I'm more of a traditionalist. So the ring that we get is the ring that is going to stay. And so, in my head, I was just like, okay. And so, like, when I got him a ring, I got him a respectable ring, you know? It wasn't, like, fucking balling out of control, fucking money, money. But, yeah, it was, you know, it was an actual respectable little chunk of change I put down on this ring because that's what he wanted. And I wasn't worried about getting a ring back or, you know, because I felt like, you know, I knew what was going on with him in the financial at this point. And, like, before I hadn't really, like... I know you should look into that stuff, but I didn't want to get into his business. And the way I did it was I asked him, you know, what he could afford, what he could do for us, you know, like as far as if we get a place together, that's something I asked him back when and then, you know, before we got the Phoenix place and then when we got to the Vegas place, um, we're you know, thinking about getting a place in Vegas, I asked him then what, you know, if it was all right. And he said that it was fine the way it was, you know, but I didn't realize that he was struggling at that point or trying to figure it out. Like me, I I will tell you that I was so in love with him that if he had said that, you know, he could only give me a hundred dollars a month for rent or towards rent, I would have fucking dropped the budget on the place that we were looking for and, and made it so that, you know, he only had to pay a hundred dollars. If he said he couldn't pay anything, you know, I just needed to know exactly where he was so I knew how to make the adjustment. Instead, I made the plan and the budget based on a different amount because he said that's what he could afford. And I don't, like, that part I don't hold against him really because I know that he just didn't want to feel like he couldn't pull his weight or that I was going to look at him as like um, a liability or maybe something I had to take care of. But I wouldn't have seen it that way. I just would have changed things because he did say a different number than was the actual number, though. It did make me to start to feel that way because I was like, I'm well, I made the budget this because this is what you were supposed to have. So now it is like I feel that way because you can't, do that part and so now it's you know where if you had told me I just would have gotten a fucking different place so like that that like played into it you know but anyway we're talking about the the Vegas thing we were getting ready to move to Vegas and he snaps at me because he had gotten a little bit too drunk and then I was like you know told him I didn't want to bring a drinking problem with me to Vegas and then immediately this is on the phone I'm in Fresno working He's drunk in Phoenix and 
he just starts yelling at me that I'm a fucking loser and that he hopes that he doesn't end up my age and have nothing to show for it. And like, you know, this is the way he's talking to me. And the way he's talking to me, I'm just feeling like, no, this is just fucking shit you had stored up apparently because like, you know, I didn't know you felt any of this way. And I'm just asking you for very, something very simple, which is like you can't be drinking this way this can't be what i'm moving to vegas with it just can't like that's what my thinking is and he's going on this fucking personal attack brings up my family brings up my sister brings up my mom and i'm just like like you know just all sorts of shit and i'm just like you know like yeah that's not the way you're supposed to talk to somebody that you love and in, in in my heart, like at that point, a lot of things changed for me, even though we continued to be together because I kept like hoping to because it didn't stay that way. Like he was very good at different points, but it's always in the back of your head when somebody really fucking talks to you that way. And it was like, you know, he would do this thing where he would make it seem like my friends weren't loyal to me, which, you know, I was like, you know, I know these people, they're, they're not saying things like that about me. And it like, you know, and I, I think that that was all because he just felt backed into a corner in a lot of ways. And I'm not making excuses for him, but you know, I also know that some of what I was doing was legitimately making him unhappy. And of course it would like, you know, I told you guys I wasn't happy and I wasn't telling him about why it was, I wasn't happy. And there were times where he felt like I was punishing him, but I wasn't punishing him. I just wasn't right with myself. And then at the same time, I'm starting to gain weight. So I'm not feeling sexy. And like, you know, I like when my body looks a certain way and sexy is kind of a part of my personality. That's just what it is. And people would say that's a character flaw or whatever whatever, but that's just a part of what it is. So, and also if you don't feel sexy for yourself, how are you going to feel sexy for your partner? So now I'm starting to pull back as far as sex goes and I'm wanting to like have sex less with them. And I know I'm being less fun that way. And like, I know that I also was becoming a chore for him. And so like maybe me telling him now he can't drink. It's like, now I can't even get this released. Like how much of my fucking life do you want right here? And so, but I just didn't expect him to snap that way. And once that happened, and that did change the way I felt. But it's like November, we're, we're, you know, coming to Vegas. You know, it's like two weeks away that we're supposed to move to Vegas. And he brings that up, and now he doesn't know what he's going to do because, like, you know, he had a job a transfer from his job. And he's like, now I don't know where I'm going to live because you're saying this. And so there was a lot that happened there in that instance. And... Maybe my wording wasn't the best because instead of saying something like that, I should have said something like, you know, we really need to do something about this drinking. Or I don't know how I would have worded it or waited till the next day when he wasn't fucking drunk. But whatever it was, I ended up seeing a side of him that I really didn't ever fully recover from where I just felt, you know... Uh, like, especially when you're saying my friends were talking about me and stuff. Like, I just was like, yeah, I don't... I don't like that. I mean, like, you know, like, let's keep it to us and the issue. So then, you know, we end up, the holidays come and I have to go on the road a lot. And, um, you know, that, that I was gone for a while and it's like, we'd come, I'd come back home and then we wouldn't get on a rhythm right away. And so it, like, it, it, we were just off for a while there, but we were doing our best. We limped through the fucking, well, I say we limped, but there were some very strong moments during the holidays 
where we really did love each other again. Like it was, it was good. But see, all this is happening in us being together for a total of a year and two months, you know? So this is us going through a lot. And sometimes that's what life is like with me. You know, he also didn't like that. There was a point where I told him that, you know, we just have to work as a very efficient team in a lot of ways. And he thought that the word efficient was like a turnoff. And he was like, babe, I don't want to be efficient. And it like, you know, and I get kind of what he was saying, but at the same time, efficiency will turn me on. Cause if I feel like we're both handling our fucking business and doing the shit we needed to go do to get where we need to be in life, then we, like, you know, I'll be fucking turned on and fucking loving you because I feel like we're working towards this together. And when I mentioned the money situation, even the fact that, you know, he was having trouble and couldn't pay what he said he could pay. Luckily, I was working a lot. You know, I've been working a lot, not was in the past tense. Like, I've just been working a lot. And that's carried through. So I'm feeling like, okay, I'm fine if he can't, you know, pay what he said he was going to pay. And so my thing is, like, you know, not even on a conscious level, just when I ask you to help me, like, you know, put away the dishes, then I don't want to argue about that kind of stuff. And then that started happening. And now I'm starting to feel more like you and we're both feeling like underappreciated by the other one and like the other one just doesn't get it. So it's not like I'm coming down on him because I'm sure being with me at this point is a fucking thankless job for him too. Like we're both just fucking trying to get through it. And then um, his his sister, but I know that there's a good part coming. Like in my head, I know there's a good part coming because life is coming together whether he was realizing it or, or not. You know, like he was having to fucking buckle down and he was paying his own way as far as his bills went because he had his own bills. So I wasn't paying his bills. That wasn't going to be an option. That wasn't something that was ever discussed. That's not something he ever tried to push on me. But I was having to handle the bulk of our bills. And, you know, and then when we did fun stuff, I would take care of that in a lot of cases. Like, you know, so it, like, you know, and I, like I said, I wasn't really sweating that part because it's like, okay, um, there's other ways that he can help out, you know, just in like, you know, I mean, like, like I said, putting my dishes or stuff like that, you know, um, and I would do my part. I mean, like, how do you think the dishes got clean was I cleaned them, you know, like uh, most days I would make us breakfast. I would make us breakfast physically. That would be me. And then I would, um, I would buy us breakfast also, you know, buy us food like while he was at the store. So I bought the food, I cooked the food, I cleaned up. And then I also did the dishes. So then at the end of the day, when you get home from work and I ask you to empty the dishwasher and you get mad at me, now I feel like, what are you, my kid? Like, I'm having to pay for everything and you don't want to fucking clean up. Like, this isn't chores. This is just stuff we have to do in the house, you know, so that I can, like, a lot of times the reason that I would get upset about that was because it's like, now I'm getting ready to make us dinner. So, and sometimes he would help with dinner, but sometimes I would just, you know, do it myself. So I'm saying like, you know, if I'm getting ready to make us another meal, asking you to put away the dishes from, you know, the meal we had before, I don't think that's too much to ask. Or there was a time when I cleaned the entire apartment and the only thing I didn't do was the upstairs bathroom. Cause you know, there's like a half bathroom downstairs and a regular bathroom with the shower upstairs. And so I didn't clean the upstairs one. And so I asked him to do it and I wasn't like trying to boss him around or whatever. It, like, it's just, I had 
cleaned. I mean, like, you know, I cleaned the floors, everything. I cleaned the whole fucking, you know, upstairs and downstairs. And then I just needed him to clean that one bathroom. And then that turned into an argument that lasted forever. And I'm just like, why am I arguing about this? Like this, like, and I didn't say it to him in so many words, but it's like, this is how you can earn your keep. This is how you can make it so that you're worth it for me. It's like, I don't want to argue for because that turned into like a 12 hour, like a, you know, overnight argument where we woke up and then it started again. And it was just like, yeah, that's not supposed to fucking happen like this. And then, you know, he wanted to go to the gym together, which the gym has always been my like own thing. And we did start working out together in the beginning, but I realized that I just don't like working out with people. Well, then when I wanted to go back to working out by myself, then that seemed like a problem. So, then, you know, I'm not happy because that used to be my release and my time to get away from everyone and everything and go to the gym. And then, you know, we had another death blow when his sister came to visit and I was excited to meet his sister, but you know, her, his sister and his, and her son. And, um, you know, uh, but I had forgot that he had like told her about different arguments we had had, which I had always stayed away from talking about our arguments on social media or even with friends. Like so many people were just like, everybody was just surprised to find out that anything was going wrong with us because I had kept everything to myself because I didn't ever want anybody to get a bad opinion of him or a bad opinion of our relationship because I had given it to them. And I know that it was a, a youthful mistake, but he did that with his sister where he told her about different arguments we had gotten into and then I don't think that way, so I wasn't worried about that, you know what I mean? Like, when I was meeting his sister, like, in my head, I'm meeting a stranger that's going to be my sister-in-law, and I'm looking to get along, just like I had, because I made it so that I got along with his parents. They weren't hard to get along with at all, but at the same time, I went into it with the mindset, there is nothing for me to argue with the, with these people about ever, um, they're going to be my in-laws and I'm not going to have that kind of situation. So I had already resolved in my head that whether we talked about politics, religion, anything they wanted to talk about, I would just completely ingest what it was they were saying. And it's not my job to argue. It's just my job to learn about them and, and hear the people they are. Turned out that they're great people. Like, you know, when it comes to his parents, honestly, even if his mother hadn't given me a little bit of money, um, and she also gave me money for Christmas too, which is also very nice. My parents, I believe, bought Christopher something. Anyway, um, but anyway, uh, yeah. So, um, you know, like as far as I go, the family's cool and I'm just supposed to get along with them no matter what. But then his sister um, had been hearing bad things about me from him. And so when she met me, she had a kind of like, you know, where she felt like she had to kind of test me and was, you know, like acting a certain way with me. And in my head, there was definitely a shift because at first I was just, I and I stayed completely neutral and cool for close to 24 hours, probably like 20 hours. And then in my head, I started to get like, yeah, I don't know why this person thinks that I'm looking for their approval. Like, I'm not looking for approval. I was making sure that we got along. We liked each other. We were cool because you're the sister of the person that I love. And you're kind of treating me like I'm 
an intruder in my own place. And I know that they probably didn't realize that I was taking care of the bills and stuff like that. So they're looking at me like they're in, you know, their brother's place because, you know, it was his sister and his brother and his sister-in-law. And uh, I I got mad at my ex. I didn't get mad at them, really. And he knows that. Like, that, like I wasn't even mad at his sister or the sister-in-law or the brother. I was annoyed with him because he had made it seem like we were just going to have a chill family time with the sister and the nephew. And then the brother comes over and then the sister-in-law, which I was still fine with. And then it turns into day drinking. And then it turns into, they're talking about drinking more at night. And it's like, I have to work this weekend. Cause you know, I had to work. Um, and it like that became such a mess and I didn't make a big dramatic scene about it. Even the way that I handled it, I felt like, in that one, I was completely, you know, doing things the way that I was supposed to because there was a point where his sister got annoyed with me and asked me if I had a problem with her, which I didn't have a problem with her. Like I said, I was mad at my boyfriend because I had been told a different story about what was, what was going to happen. And, like, when we first moved in here, I told him I didn't want his family, my family, anybody's family, any friends, any comics treating this like it was a party crash pad or I know what people do in Vegas and I'm not trying to have that happen in my place. And we had already agreed on that, and now here it is happening with his family. And now I've got to go to work, and I'm annoyed because I'm hearing about more drinking that's going to happen in the evening at my place. And then, you know, there was a point where I'm getting ready to leave, and his sister asked me if I have a problem. Now, I'm on my way to a show. This is like, I have to be at the show at like seven, at 8 o'clock, and this is like 7.50 because of the way other things played out in that situation. And so I'm just trying to get out of my place. And his sister ends up, is annoyed and asks me if I have a problem. Which, the way I was raised is that you don't ask anybody if they have a problem unless you want a problem. But I'm still like, okay, this isn't, like, they've been drinking. I'm completely sober. I've had nothing to drink. Nothing to smoke. Nothing. And so, I like, and asking me if I have a problem at 7.50 uh, or 7.45 is probably what it was, uh, 7.45 p.m. when I've got a show to be at at 8 o'clock, uh, 8 p.m. is like me being in your house and being drunk at 7.50 a.m. and asking you if uh, you have a problem when you have to be at work at 8 a.m. You'd be like, do I have a... You wouldn't be in my house if I had a problem with you. Like, I know you think that this is, because at that point, like, because here's where I went with it, you know, I was like, I got to go. And I just told her, I was like, no, I don't have a problem. I've got to be to work. So I go to leave and then my ex comes out and he's trying to like tell me. And I was like, yeah, we got to get something straight. Nobody should ever ask me if I have a problem in my place. And then he got mad about me saying my place because now I'm not acting like it's our place. And I was like, yeah, well, if you're not going to defend me in situations like that, then it is my place. I was like, if you feel like it's okay for your family to talk to me like that, I was like, then yeah, I'm going to say it is my place because I'm the one paying the rent and really... I don't appreciate people treating me this way in the place that I pay rent. Like, this is where I pay to live. I shouldn't have anybody trying to ask me if I have a problem in my house. 
It's not the way that works. Just like I wouldn't have let my family ask him if we had a problem. Like, it wouldn't go down like that. The minute I knew anybody was feeling any hostile feelings towards him, I would just be like, you probably need to stay at a motel. You can get a Motel 6, 60 bucks. Uh, There's a lot of options in Las Vegas. Circus Circus, a lot of times you can get $25 rooms there. Like, you know, you're not going to come into my place starting starting shit with my man. Even if I have a problem with my man, you're not going to start trouble with him. Like, that's the way that I do it because the way I see it, and, like, we got in a huge argument about this because he couldn't see it this way, but the way I see it is when you make a commitment, you're going to be with that person. Like, that's the reason that I'm taking care of us. That's the reason that I'm not giving you a hard time about bills you can't pay, and I'm just, like, I'm going to just have to work the road more. That's the reason I'm like that is because I feel like if we're supposed to take care of each other, then we're supposed to also have each other's backs even if there's something going on between us. Now, if I asked your sister if she had a problem, then I could see you stepping in and being like, yeah, don't start with my family like that. That's why I addressed it with him outside even, because I didn't even feel right like addressing that with her. I felt like, okay, this is between me and my man. I need to talk to him about, you know, you talk to your sister. And I didn't say check your sister, even though I felt like check your sister. Uh, I chose my words even then and was like, yeah, I don't want anybody asking me if I have a problem in my place. That's what it is. And even when I said in my place, I really didn't mean it that way originally when I said it, you know, but like it is my place. It is his place. It was our place. So, yeah, I said my place, but I felt like you're part of me. So my place, you, our place, same fucking shit. Like, that's really the way I felt about it. So, but when he, when he, you know, said that I was acting like it was my place and that, you know, because he also told me that I should have made eye contact with her and I didn't make eye contact with her because I was annoyed with him and I didn't want to make eye contact with anybody. Like I said, I'm trying to rush out to fucking work. And so I don't have time for anybody's stuff right there. And the way that that show worked that I was doing at that time, it was a show called Comics Battle that I was on the way to. And the way Comics Battle works is you all get on stage at the same time. It's not like I can even be like, you know, well, I'm going last anyway, or I'm in the middle of the show, so I can waste a couple of comics. No, it's not like that on that kind of show. On that show, you all get on stage together and you all kind of do like the show Comics Unleashed, where there's a subject and you all do jokes on the subject and everybody, the whole cast, quote unquote, has to be on stage at the same time. So it wasn't even like I could be late on that level. And I just moved to Las Vegas, you know, I'm just a couple months in at that point. I moved at the end of November. This is happening February 10th. I remember the date. Um, And so this is happening February 10th. And uh, I... uh, I just really felt disrespected and I felt like, well, now his family is kind of treating me like I um, am an intruder, like I said, or, or like the I'm the odd man out. It's like, how am I paying the bills here, but I'm the odd man out? Like, this makes no sense at all. And so I sent it because, you know, his phone, I don't remember if his phone, he had broke it or he had thrown it or he had, maybe he wasn't answering or I don't know but I ended up sending him his brother a text because his brother had sent me or like called me because they needed me to let them in because since they were drinking they forgot their keys he had forgot his keys in my car but I didn't know his keys were in my car and like I 
expected you had your keys, you know, like I, when I left, I didn't leave in a huff, even though I was annoyed, but you know, so there was, there was this like, you know, in the, what's it called in the initial, which is before all this happened with the sister asking me about the problem. Like, I didn't know they were fucking locked out. There was a point when they were locked out, but I just assumed he had his keys and, you know, I didn't have my phone on me because I'm getting dressed. I'm running around trying to get ready because we stayed at the buffet later than we needed to be, which was part of why I was annoyed too. Because it's like, I'm already running late. I got to fucking get back. Now they're talking about drinking some more. And so I'm going to come back to people drinking. And I was like, I got to get out of here. I just got to go get ready, which was the plan anyway. Anyway, you know, but like, so I was annoyed. And so then, you know, at that, but then when the sister, it was like, I wasn't even tripping off the sister, even though I knew she was trying me because I felt like I just have to fucking get through this day of us, you know, me being cool with her. She'll end up seeing what I'm like over time anyway, because I know what I'm like. And I know that especially when it comes to my relationship with my ex, I was so in love with him that I really did feel like we were just going through the hard part and we were going to figure it out. And one day his sister would see what I was like. And like, this wasn't going to be a problem. Like, as far as I went, this wasn't going to be a problem. It was only when she asked me if I had a problem in my own place that I just felt like, yeah, that's not supposed to ever happen. And so I addressed it with him. And then he told me that I should have made eye contact with her. And that made me fucking like, yeah, I don't give a fuck about anything now. Like, I don't care. Because, uh, you know, I just felt like, how dare you tell me where I'm supposed to look? Like, what kind of shit is that? Now you guys are going to regulate where I'm looking in my own place. And then there, there's like, that's when, like I said, we, we, then we started to limp. So then, you know, after that, I kind of knew that, you know, we were going to end up being done, um, I had proposed to him on my birthday, which was January 28th, um, you know, so he, uh, you know, he had already been my, wearing my ring, um, you know, however many days, 12 days or 13 days, you know, because this was happy, happening on February 10th. And I thought that that would change things too, you know, the fact that I gave him a ring. there. To me, there were certain ways that I was letting him know that I was committing. We just didn't have the same, like I said, love language. And, at, you know, when that happens, you're just going to end up not, eventually it is going to implode because you're not giving each other what the other needs. And that's what happened there. And there were times, like I said, where I know that I had made him miserable. And I know even like part of the Vegas thing, like he thought he couldn't do anything right. And that was part of my fault. And I was stressed because like I need things to work kind of like clockwork. Like that's a lot of what I've been setting up since he left just because, but you know, I was also trying to do things, you know, the way he was wanting me to do them too. Like, you know, he wanted me to keep my calendar constantly updated as far as even on, you know, my on paper one so that he always always knew when I was going to be here, when I was going to be gone, what he needed to prepare for, like that kind of stuff. And I saw his reasoning for wanting to know everything. So I didn't have a problem with it, you know, so I made those adjustments. But, you know, there were 
ways that like sometimes people don't understand that about my life either because there's other people that you know have those careers that like they know exactly where they're going to be things run like clockwork blah 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 well so many things get thrown off just naturally in the way that you know and where I am like my level and stuff like that and the way that things happen with certain gigs and that kind of stuff that sometimes I don't even know minute to minute what's going on so that's why I try to run as close to clockwork as I possibly can so when those things happen they don't make a huge crease like in a lot of cases a lot of stuff happens on the road that I don't tell anybody about like in the you know like just a quick like snag something went wrong with the particular gig there was one that we had to leave because they just refused to pay us what they were supposed to pay us and we were really going to get fucked by a like $500 was what it was going to be so at that point we just had to leave and that wasn't about any kind of drama and that was like I was trying to salvage that one myself um but if in the end the producer of the show just was like yeah i need you to just fucking walk out that's what's got to happen like you know you cannot save this this is just they can't disrespect us like this and completely not pay us and it was we were being disrespected at that point so at that you know in that situation i just had to like okay i have to listen to the boss you know like in that case i do have to submit and accept that that is my boss and at the end of the day he's the one that makes that decision so when he said that that's what i have to do it's final that's what i have to do so but like you know i didn't trip about that i didn't make a big deal about it yeah i did end up losing some money on it but i didn't like and in the end it all like I ended up making great money on that run altogether and so like you know I just that was just a part of rolling with the punches and a lot of that stuff happens for me where I do have to roll with the punches and I don't think that he was really seeing that like he thought sometimes I was being cagey or not giving information but like I said sometimes I don't know what's happening it's just like okay well I'll call you when all this gets settled because I don't want to stress you out. Also, don't want to stress another person out with every detail. And sometimes I give a lot of details. Most of the time I give a lot of details. But sometimes things are so, like, could get fucked so easy if you really sweat them that I completely, like, even in my head, I'm just like, yeah, it's going to work itself out. I'm just going to sit over here and do the stuff that I have to do. I'm going to go where it is they tell me to go when I get the address for the next hotel or I get the next situation. That's the way I have to run it. You know, so like, uh, you know, th so I'm not going to bore another person. And in that way, I know he thought that I was kind of shutting him out or like I said, being cagey or whatever. But like, you know, there's no reason to be cagey. Like my whole relationship, and I have been honest with you guys. I know it bit me in the ass being honest with him too about it though. But I had cheated on everybody I ever dated. But he didn't understand that, like, with him, I, like, not just with him, as a person, I had grown past that. It wasn't about him. It was about me growing past that. And, yes, the fact that I did love him kept me from, there was a couple times where I kind of felt like going back to my old ways because we were falling apart. And But I was like, nope, I got to stay true to my relationship. Like, that much I can do to make sure that I'm giving my relationship my full attention and not like deciding fuck it because I'm already fucking people any other or other people anyway. So like in that way, I knew that I had to stay true to him to stay true to him and to make sure that I did stuff. And I really did feel till the last minute, even though, like I said, there was a thing with the sister or the thing where I got to see that other side of him where I kind of knew it was over. But there was still a part of me that felt like we can still pull this around like this can still just be part of our story.
But, you know, then in the end, that's not what it turned out to be. And I I get that, um, you know, like I had like, you know, not a hard time with it in the way where there's been a lot of fucking crying or whatever. But like a definite sadness, a definite like, you know, having to figure out what you're going to do. Because, you know, a year and two months is maybe not a long time to some people, but to me it's a long time. And I know that we both went through a lot together and because of each other, but overall it was, it was a lot of good parts. And like, uh, like I said, one day I know that he's mad at me right now still, but um, one day I think he'll understand that, you know, we were an important part of changing each other's lives. And I really didn't want it to happen this way, you know, like I said, I, I felt like even till the end, um, and even after the whole incident with stuff breaking and that kind of stuff, cause like, that's what I want to get at. Like there was a chance of choice. There was a point where I realized that people were beginning to look at me as like a true domestic violence victim. And while, like I said, in the most technical sense, that could be said in the way that, you know, domestic violence, things got broken. But, like, the things that he broke were very specific things to give a certain point, uh, to make a certain point. And I felt like he knew that, because we both knew, that we could make up. And then we could limp on for a little longer. But our relationship had just turned, you know. It, 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 maybe it just ran its course, you know, and that's the best way to put it. But it just, it wasn't going to go back to being good. It wasn't going to go back to being the same. So him breaking shit, excuse me, hiccup. Uh, him breaking shit was actually the, the best thing to do as bad as that sounds in a in a way like okay let's finalize this let's just make it so that let's burn this bridge so there's fucking no going back and uh you know that's what we did that's what he did and uh, but it's not him it, it was a choice that we made because i knew there was a way i could have stayed and stopped him like you know like kept him from throwing that tabletop you know I just would have had to fucking put pressure on it and not because I knew he wasn't gonna hit me or hurt me like you know he, yeah he was very angry and he broke shit but consciously whatever I knew he wouldn't hurt me like that's just not what he is and I knew that I could say words in a certain way or certain words that would have calmed the situation down and made it so that all of that wouldn't have escalated to that point. But I also felt like it was done and I was done arguing and I was done fighting for it. And I like, you know, definitely, like I said, wasn't going to physically fight for it or even have it get close to that because I didn't want to go to jail and I don't want to get in trouble and I don't want to be breaking shit and I don't want to be fighting people, especially the person I love. And I'm very honest about the fact that he's bigger than me. So I was going to have to crack him in the head with the fucking Sartan cast iron skillet if you guys don't know what a sartan is uh but old school is sartan and i would have cracked that motherfucker with a sartan and then look what happens then i would be going to jail for me being domestic violence so you know and i know that he's no easy win so i would have to keep cracking that motherfucker with a sartan and i didn't want to do all that like i love him 
even now I love him. It just, I know we're not good for each other, but I definitely still love him. And, you know, and then I had my little bijou and fucking glasses breaking, so I have to get her out of here because I'm just like, yeah, I'm not risking. And that's one thing I don't think a lot of people get is, like, how much you love your dog when you have a dog. Like, my thing is, like, as soon as glass started breaking, I was like, yeah, bijou is in my arms. So that there's no question about that. Like, I know I'm not getting hurt, so she's not getting hurt. So Bijou is in my arms, and uh, I'm not going to put her in her carrier to fucking keep you from breaking a table, and then the fucking table accidentally falls or something happens, and glass, because, you know, where her where her bed was, like, I had to clean all that shit out, like her bed and everything else, because so much glass got broken. Like, it took me hours no lie, hours. It took like four hours for me to really clean up that glass because there were huge pieces. Then, you know, at the whole time, because he was gone, you know, he got, after he broke shit, he fucking left. And then he, like, you know, I put Bijou in her carrier and then I'm just fucking trying to fucking get rid of all this glass. And because Bijou's on the floor, you know, all the time, I couldn't half step it, half step it and just kind of clean. I had to really make sure that as much of the glass, and even the other day I found a little piece of glass. You know how glass is. And I did a thorough job, but that's just what it is. So, you know, um, as this is happening, I'm just like, yeah, I don't want to, like, you know, and I don't mean physically at this point, but I was like, yeah, I don't want to fight for this. I don't want to prove that I'm worthy of this or that, you know, that I want this to keep going. I don't. I don't feel like this should keep going anymore. Like, you know, there's a reason you're mad and that's me. And there's a reason I'm over it and that's you. And we got to this point and yeah, it was fucking great at the beginning. It was the greatest thing ever. At least for me. And I know for him too. It really was the fucking greatest thing ever. But then it just, you know, it didn't it didn't stand the test. And I'm I'm a big part of the reason that it didn't stand the test, but so is he. And that's you know, that's what it is in relationships. And I know you could hear from him, you know, like if you knew him, you could hear from him and he could tell you a whole nother side to it. And I would listen to that and be like, Yeah, from your side I can see how that's the way it is because, you know, I don't think either of us were dishonest and wanting like I think he felt the same way I did like you know like there like maybe it was going to turn around but then when it just didn't then he made that final move and that's even though shit got broken cost some money you know um it was the most humane thing to do because it put us both out of the relationship was where we need to be and then we talked the following day or like you know he I had to go to jail for a day overnight and stuff like that because the police eventually ended up coming after the second time, which was its own thing and not very fruitful in the way. And, you know, I'm, I wish there's ways that I would have handled that differently, too, like the like, you know, even him going to jail and that kind of stuff. But in the end, I feel like everything happened the way that it needed to happen. And I didn't uh continue to press charges or ask, you know, for restitution. And I didn't, um, 
go to extend the restraining order because, you know, you get a, a right-of-way restraining order if you want to, which I did think that right-of-way one was important. And then you can have it extended for a year. And I didn't show up to have it extended for a year because I'm not trying to ruin his life. And I don't feel like, you know, he's a real threat at this point. There were a couple of days after where I was kind of like, I don't really know because he was a different level of crazy that night than I've seen him be. And it's so opposite from the him that I knew. And, um, you know, I, but I like, I don't feel like now there's anything to worry about or we're just, you know, like we, like I said, when he got out of jail, we talked like a couple days later and then, um, and he's never been in trouble or anything. So he's not even like that type of person or anything, but, um, I'm not trying to make him sound bad at all because really he's such a great guy and I like I really do. He just needs to be 28, you know. He needs to enjoy being 28. You don't want to be with a guy like me. Like I'm not 28, and so it's you know I can understand the frustration and the being like I don't want to be here in my life yet because I'm not there. I'm I'm young, and then but I feel the same way. Like I don't want to be there in my life again because I've been there. And I'm here now, and this is where I want to be. This is where I want to live. You know, I want in that way at least. I want to live age appropriate. And yeah, I mean, like I'm back to being me, and the sex is just a need that gets filled now again. And I know that maybe he would judge me for that, but I, I don't look at like being in a relationship as not having anything to show for where I'm at. You know, like with me, I'm very happy with where I'm at. I have good friends. I'm working a lot. I feel like I'm moving forward. I, I like the place that I live now, even though, you know, like it's the place that he and I live together and the, you know, that, that there's the bad memories that way. But in a way, when I first walked into this place, like, because I had to do all the back and forth, you know, because he was working like, you know, the day job, like regular schedule. And so he couldn't come here. So I don't hold that against him at all. But I had to do like the running back and forth. And I remember the first time I looked at this place, I was all right with it. The second time I looked at it, you know, I was well, because they showed me a different unit. And I was great with that. And then when I looked at this particular unit, they had to do the floors again, but they hadn't done them yet. And I was like, I had already signed the papers and I was like, this is a mistake. This place is shit. I don't fucking like it. And then I left for a couple of days. Then I had to come back after they redid the floors and I brought like a load of our stuff in my car. And as soon as I walked in, I knew that this was the place that I was meant to be. And I was waiting for the cable guy to come too cause to hook up the internet. And so I fell asleep on the floor upstairs. And I just remember feeling so at home here. And I know that this is where I'm meant to be right now. And I'm thankful to him for helping getting me here. And, you know, who knows? Maybe if he had said things in a different way and been completely honest about everything in the ways that, you know, ended up kind of ending us in the end, maybe I would have made dis different decisions and wouldn't have ended up in this place and everything wouldn't have turned out as, even though they're in some ways very not perfect, still perfect way that they've turned out, you know? And I do have to once again mention that I've had so many friends here in Vegas be so good to me. And uh, I like there was 
even a podcast I did not too long ago where I ended up asking my friend not to um, release it. And it was just because I realized that I was being reactive and toxic on it. And even though I wanted it to just be regular, it was like when I go into a conversation and then all of a sudden I'm shitty. You know what I mean? Like, and I like, let me know if you think that I'm shitty in the way that I've represented this situation with my ex, because that's not really the way, that's really not the way it's meant to come out. And if it has, then in that way I failed in, but I'm also trying to pack, you know, 14 months into, you know, uh, an hour and a half, I think is what it's turned out to be, um, but, you know, and give you kind of the emotions and at the same time paint a fair picture of, like, I was fucking up and then he was in his ways. I didn't even know if he was... I know I was fucking up in certain ways just because I... I'm, at the end of it all, I'm not ready to be in a completely selfless relationship and I need to accept that about myself. You know, like, I just... And that's a part of what marriage is and, you know, even being engaged... And, like, I feel like he was, in his ways, not ready to, like, some of the ways that I mentioned. But at the same time, I feel like we just met each other at the wrong time. And so it's, you know, I'm really not trying to paint him in a bad light. Like, any of the, like, you know, like I said, I understand all of it on a logical level. And there are certain parts that I still don't like about it. But I respect him and I love him as a person and I hope that he does well and I hope one day he realizes that like, you know, things just, the lines were getting crossed for both of us. And, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, when it came to being on a friend's podcast, I was talking about something else. It was nothing to do with my ex. It was actually a completely different story, which maybe one day I'll figure out how to talk about on here, or maybe I'll just go do my friend's podcast again. But like right after I recorded the podcast, I was like, you know, I did this kind of shit in LA and then I did this shit in Phoenix and now I'm going to have this here in Las Vegas too. How about I just let people have their say and realize that I don't always have to respond to shit. Sometimes I can just be quiet. And so, um, you know, I, I really am trying to keep it positive because one thing I'll tell you guys, you maybe if you're on Facebook and you're hearing stuff about the Vegas community, like Trix uh, talks about it. Trix got a new album out. It's called Trix for the Kids, I believe. And, uh, yeah, Trix, T-R-I-X-X. Uh, he's a comedian friend of mine, super hilarious. But, like, he's moving to Vegas soon, and he talks about how great the scene is here. And then, like, there have just been a few random, like, posts recently of people talking about how great the Vegas scene is, and it really is great here. So I don't want to come in and inject toxicity. There's people that I like better than others. There's nobody I hate here. Um, but there's people that I definitely do like better than others. But for the most part, I like, I like everybody here. Like, you know, like I said, there's, there's, a f well, you know, there's only like three people total that, and I don't even hate them. It's just, I didn't like their conduct at one point. And, but like the way that I responded, um, on that particular podcast, it would have come off seeming, I know somewhat like toxic and that's not, I'm just, I'm over that and I don't want to be that. So I'm going to continue to share my thoughts here on totally unbothered by Ty Rivera. 
Um, but at the same time, uh, I'm hoping to get better at my communication and having you guys feel like, okay, even if I don't agree with you, I at least get you. I at least see why you think that way. Like, maybe I don't think that way. Maybe I don't see it. And maybe, like, when you listen to this podcast, you'll be more on my exercise side and be like, you know, yeah, in, in ways you do sound miserable, like a miserable person. But sometimes I am. And that's that's what it is. Um, but, you know, he also wasn't telling me about his stress. He was dealing with, ah, and that's something that I won't get into any further. But, yeah, he had... Plenty of stress, too, that he was bearing and not telling me, and I didn't even find out, like, how stressed he was until the end of our relationship, like, the last couple weeks of our relationship. But by that point, I already felt the way I felt in a lot of ways because it was just like, ah. But anyway, that's the best I can do for an explanation. Let me know if you guys have any questions. And um, as always, you know, we're sponsored by Whimsy's Alligators. Just playing. We are not sponsored by Whimsy's Alligators. I still want to be sponsored by Whimsy's Alligator. That's the reason I tell you guys I couldn't go to jail. I could lose my sponsorship with Whimsy's. Just playing. Whimsy's will never sponsor me, and I would never want them to, to sponsor me, to tell you the truth, because all the shit I say, one day I'd get them shut down. You know, they'd get protested. They'd be blacklisted. There'd be no more whimsies. Anyway, you guys, this is where I'm at in my life right now. So next week, maybe we'll come back and talk about something different. I'm, just stay tuned. And whatever you do, whatever you motherfucking do, stay unbothered. <laughs>